You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's on the You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome to the AME Radio Show, the show that is the voice of artists and entertainers everywhere. I'm your host, Jason Dowd. We've got a great show for you guys today. We've got a couple of great guests coming up, and we're going to be going back in time. Only a couple days, that's right. We're going back to 2018 and c- covering six of the most memorable moments for the AME Radio Show in 2018. And the reason I'm doing that is because I want to show you some of the cool things that we did, but also setting us up to make or break that. We want to beat that in 2019. We always want to do better. We always want to have more fun, and we're going to do that. That's one of our goals. So before we get into anything, go check out check us out on our website, www.theamemagazine.com. And while you're there, you'll be able to see all the links to our social media networks. You'll be able to download the, the apps for your Apple or Android platform completely free. You can sign up for our newsletter, and you can see everything that we have going on at the AME Radio Show, whether it be past or new. Um, it's up there. So you'll be able to see what's coming up or what we have done if you miss something. So our guests for today are Elsie Biscoff. She is the author of Death is an Illusion. She doesn't believe that you, we only live once. She believes that we come back and we, uh, we try new things and we learn through a, uh, a passage to eventually reach the perfect human. And uh, she's going to be talking to us about this, this book. She's going to be talking to us about her, her philosophies on death and what happens afterwards and so much more. I think you guys are going to find this very fascinating. And, and if you don't believe, maybe she might help you believe in something. Then we have Megan Friels Johnson coming up. We've had her on before. She was the director of the ice cream truck. And now she is in a brand new movie uh, called The Hunting Season, which she wrote, directed, and produced. And we're going to be talking to her about this. It hasn't quite come out yet. She's in the early stages of it. But I guarantee you this is going to be something you're going to want to see. I saw The Ice Cream Truck, amazing movie. And if she did half the job she did for this, you're going to want to see that. Okay, so let's go for the top six moments of 2018 on the AME radio show. Uh, this is very hard to come up with, to tell you the truth, because there's a lot of cool things that we had to cover. And there's so many people that I brought on the show that I really believe are, you know, very special. I, everybody brought something special. So they were all the top moment, but I can't do that. So what I'm going to do is with number six, this is going to be the honorary mention. Um, everybody I talked to. That uncovers every celebrity, every rising star, every entrepreneur, every health nut, everybody that we brought on this show that, that gave some useful information to you, showed you what they're passionate about, and got you inspired. That's one of my top moments for 2018. And I can't be here without all these people. So they are extremely important to me on this journey. Number five. Um, this is one of the coolest events I've ever done. Uh, we went to see Jennifer McGill, who was on our show last year, talking about her brand new uh, CD called Unbreakable. And, you know, she was part of the Mickey Mouse Club, which happened to be one of my favorite television shows of all time. I never missed an episode of the Mickey Mouse Club growing up. So I watched her from season one to season seven. And uh, that's when I had to go to work, unfortunately. But, you know, the the Mickey Mouse Club was taped at, the Disney Hollywood Studios. So we met with Jennifer, and she told us some really cool stories about people like Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and uh, Christina Aguilera, who are all part of that show, and plus top uh, a lot of other people. Um, like, did you know that Christina Aguilera was one of the first ones to ride uh, the Tower of Terror? You know, who knew that? So we we go on a tour through Hollywood Studios to show you some of the cool locations. Now, we didn't realize that the Toy Story. Toy Story, I think it's the Toy Story Mania, is at the is at the um, the the sound the sound stu- the sound stage where the Mickey Mouse Club was taped. I'm glad we did this because now that they built the Toy Story Land with the uh, the Slinky Dog Ride and all those other ones, they've closed off that whole section. You can't see it anymore. It's it uh, it it's almost not there. So you'll get to see an inside edition of that, 
and it's on my television show. So if you just go check out, check us out on YouTube, you'll be able to see it there just as easy. Number four, Patrika Darbo. When we talked to her first, uh, she was up for a nomination for the Daytime Emmy Award. And I've never talked to somebody that had been currently nominated for any award of that type of caliber. So we, t- we promised our fans and our listeners that we will tell you what would happen after Patrika uh, went through the Daytime Emmy Awards. And she won it. How cool is that? And then we had a couple other people along the way that came on that were also nominated for some major award, either an Emmy, a Grammy, or something this year. Everybody that came on my show won. How cool is that? I'm five for five. I like that. But it started off with Patrika, and I've watched her on soap operas along the way, so it was a really honorable moment to be able to tell my listeners that she won the Daytime Emmy Award. That's number three. Uh, Number four. Number three. Um, you know, everybody knows I'm a huge Disney fanatic. I mean, I go to Disney all the time. I watch Disney Channel. I have all the Disney movies. When I'm not watching a mo- when I'm not watching a Digi- Disney Channel, I'm watching a Disney movie, right? So I got to talk to some people that I truly enjoyed talking to, and that was um, Serena Vincent from Stuck in the Middle, Lulu Lambros from Stuck in the Middle, and Lily Mae Silverstein from Bunked, and it was really a fun opportunity to be able to talk to them watching them on some of my favorite shows that I watch on Disney and to to learn about their career and their passion and so much more. So, I had a lot of fun doing that and I was Lulu Lambros's very first interview, radio interview. Um she played the friend to Harley on Stuck in the Middle along with Serena who played the mother um on on that on that particular show as well. And then number 3 part B, I got to talk to um, one of my all-time favorite actors of all time, John Schneider. Uh, I've watched him from day one on the Dukes of Hazzard when I was a little kid, and I remember our whole family would gather around the television, and we would watch that. We would cook popcorn. We'd melt hot butter across it. It was just an amazing experience to be able to watch that show with my family every week. And to be able to talk to one of those guys that helped make that memory possible was just outstanding. And he was a great guy. I had so much fun talking to him. And uh, I realized that he did so much more than just acting. He produces. He does music. And I knew he did music. But he also he was also a, a, an actor. So he was behind the camera, in front of the camera. And he was also on, um, on music. So I learned a lot about him as well. Number two. I got to go to my very first red carpet premiere of a movie. How cool is that, right? So... The producer, the, the the publicist calls me up at like twelve o'clock at night from California and says, "Hey, are you awake?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." She goes, "Well, call me right now. I have to talk to you about something." So I called her up and uh, she said, "Hey, you want to go to how far away are you from uh, Tampa Theater?" I said, "Maybe like thirty miles." Uh, she goes, "You want to go to a movie premiere?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course I do. I, I absolutely want to go to a movie premiere." And it was for the Little Mermaid movie, the live. Uh, the live-action one uh, off the Hans Christian Andersen uh, book, so it wasn't the Disney version. I saw that, and I really wanted to go see it when it came out in theaters, and now I get to see it with the actors and the, and the actresses that made it possible. I got to sit there with, with uh, Steinbrenner's daughter, who I, everybody knows I'm a huge Yankee fan, so I got to sit there with her. Um, I, I, it, was, it was an unbelievable experience. I will never forget it. And probably one of the most amazing things I've done since uh, starting up the AME magazine. And, uh, you know, I hope I have a lot more of those coming up, to tell you the truth. It was a lot of fun. Number one, um, I got to talk with, a few weeks ago, Samantha Markle. And uh, Samantha Markle is is the half-sister to Duchess Meghan Markle. What I didn't know was that by bringing her on, I was going to be physically attacked in every way, shape, or form. Um, they did not want her. She has such haters that they did not want her interview to air. They went on my website and completely stopped the podcast, but it didn't stop it completely because I was able to, to to override it and push it. But they they hacked my server and um, they gave me death threats on Twitter. They did a lot of horrible things to me, but that has opened up a lot of amazing things that are going to be happening throughout 2019. I can't say all of that right now, but they are coming. And I'll tell you what, everything happens for a reason. And that's one of the things I learned from this particular interview. Not only did, did I give Samantha the ability to talk, because that's what I think that, that's what I love about 
the radio and television and the free speech is to be able to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about without persecution. But I realized just how important people are. People are brought to us for a reason. Sometimes we go through things that we don't normally go through or expected to go through, and we wonder why we're doing it right now. But in the end, doors open up, and blessings just over are abundant. So I think we helped Samantha. Uh, I can't go into it right now, but there are legal uh, things pending about this. And I think that she helped us along the way, too. So one of the most... One of the, one of the, one of my favorite interviews of 2018 as well. I met a great person and I met new friends along the way. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have on the line with us um, our first guest, which is Elsie Biscoff. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. I'm Gladdy the Dachshund, the face of Gladdy's goodies. Are you worried about your pet's health? My parents were too, especially since I developed pancreatitis. They couldn't find any treats I could eat, so they made some. Our natural treats are healthy for all dogs, with and without health issues. We have lots of delicious flavors like chicken, turkey, salmon, sweet potato, beef, and more. With our homemade treats, you won't worry about the contents because they have no chemicals, fillers, or bad ingredients. Go to gladdiesgoodies.com now to get your fur friend a bag. And pick them up some swag while you're there. You'll be glad you did. Remember, we have the treats and swag to make their tails wag. Again, that's gladdiesgoodies.com. Again, that's gladdiesgoodies.com. Hi there, this is Kim Coles, and you can find my newest book, Open Your Gift, at openyourgiftbook.com. That's www.openyourgiftbook.com. Dot com. I hope you'll pick up a copy. Would love to have you read it. Bye. Hey, it's your girl, Alicia G on AME Radio. Be sure to listen to my new song, Cash and Nap, and be sure to follow me on all my social media at Alicia G World. Love y'all. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We have on the line with us a special guest. Her name is Elsie Biscoff, and she is an author of a brand new book called Death is an Illusion, and she doesn't believe that you just live once. And you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of speculation about that. We don't always know what happens when we pass away, but she has, a, she has her, her ideas of it, and she's going to tell us what she thinks happens after we, after we die, and she might even give you some proof. So welcome to the show, Elsie. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad you're able to come here. And, you know, this is something I've always found pretty fascinating is the aspect of what happens when we die. You know, there are so many philosophies out there and so many beliefs, and some people believe that nothing happens at all. So kind of tell me a little bit about how you got into studying something like this. Yes, it was because I was a searching soul, I think. And when I was 45, um, a book about uh, the Danish mystic and visionary Martinus suddenly practically fell into my hand and I was um, the moment I saw this book I knew that this was what I had been searching for and then I I read his work which comprises more than 10,000 pages of spiritual wisdom and um, <clears throat> it took me about a year to read I didn't read all of it uh, to begin with but I read maybe 6,000 pages and when I had read it I was so enthusiastic about it I had never read anything that appealed to my intellect more, that was more logical and, and simply so much um, it convinced me that this is how things are. And that resulted in my first book, Death is an Illusion. It actually came out in 2002. And since then, I have written six other books about aspects of Martinez's world picture. And one of the things that, well, Martinez's world picture is a, um, reveals 
both the spiritual world and the physical world. Because if you only think we have a physical world, you only have half a world picture. But there's also a spiritual world consisting of really of thought matter. And as we also have a spirit. And this spirit is really identical to our consciousness. And what what survives the death of the physical body is our consciousness. Our consciousness is a field of energy. And everybody knows that, well, not everybody, but if you have studied a bit of physics, you know that energy cannot be destroyed. Energy is a matter that cannot cease to exist. And because our consciousness is a field of energy, it does not perish just because the physical body perishes. So what happens is that the physical body is really just an instrument for the forces and information that lies in our consciousness. So we are not identical to that physical body. We are identical to our consciousness, which is a field of energy, as I said. And when this field of energy pulls out of the physical body, the physical body dies. But the field of energy exists completely irrespective of whether it is uh, attached to a physical body or not. And this, of course, has been uh, confirmed by the many <coughs> reports from near-death experiences. They say they, they left the physical body and they felt exactly the same. So what happens when the spirit or consciousness pulls out of the physical body is that it will be attracted to a wavelength in the universe or in the really in the consciousness of the earth that corresponds to its own wavelength and it's the law of attraction that is at work here. So depending on the on the type of thoughts you think you will move on to a, a, a place in the spiritual world where you will stay for a good long rest until you are ready to reincarnate and that can take that can take a fairly long time, like 60 or 70 years if you have lived a long life or if you have died young as a child or as a soldier in war, you will typically reincarnate again after seven years. But that is quite, um, <clears throat> that is quite individual. But the, the point here is that we are not identical to our physical body. And I mean, today we have so many reports, we have so much evidence saying that this is actually true. So many people have had near-death experiences, people have had out-of-body experiences. And because we know that energy cannot cease to exist, <clears throat> it makes perfect sense that, it, that our consciousness survives the death of the physical body. So that brings a question to me is, why would we love to reincarnate if we are technically... punishment I mean, what, what's the what's the purpose of coming back exactly and that's a good question and I'm happy to answer it because we have to understand that we are on a journey here we are on an eternal journey but this eternal journey um, takes place in cycles and then in spirals and in in one cycle we move from being primitive beings we start in the plant kingdom uh, and then we move up through the animal kingdom, and as we progress through the cycle, we become more and more knowledgeable, we, we reap a lot of experiences, we reap a lot of suffering, and the, <clears throat> the point of this whole journey is to end up to become real human beings. <coughs> Sorry. And we are, a real human being is a, 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 a human who doesn't kill, who, who doesn't maim, who, who doesn't steal and lie, who, doesn't, um, who isn't greedy, who isn't egoistic, who isn't envious, or as a, it, a, a human being that is like, like Jesus, for instance, a real human being. And that is our goal. But we are obviously not there yet. But we know that we have to come back onto the physical plane again and again to reach that goal. And when we have reached the goal, which will be in maybe between two and three thousand years for, for most of us, 
then we don't have to reincarnate again for a very, very, very long time until we sort of are ready for it again. So we have to understand that, that the, the whole existence of the universe is based on contrast. And because there's a spiritual world where everything is very <coughs> loving and divine, there also has to be a physical world where we have darkness and suffering and pain. <coughs> Sorry. So the, the whole point in, in wanting to come back to the, the earth plane is to progress on your journey towards becoming a real human being. And it is our best, in our own best interest to, to do it, because otherwise we will be stuck on the, on the spiritual plane. <coughs> Sorry. So, so everybody um, is, well, after a rest on the spiritual plane, people will, <coughs> oh, I'm so sorry, be eager to reincarnate because they know they have to do that. Otherwise, they can't progress. They can't uh, go anywhere. They can't make any advance <coughs> advancement. So I hope that answers your question. It does. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of uh, paranormal investigating for a long time, and I do know that there are the uh, existence of a, of a spirit. So when people say that nothing happens when we die, I know that that's not true. Because not only have I, have I seen them myself, but I've also interacted with them, and I've had some pretty hairy experiences along the way. So, you know, that always made me wonder, you know, what does happen to us, and why would we be here on Earth? Like, let's just say, you know, I actually went to a cemetery... And it was one of the most haunted cemeteries I've ever seen. So mm. what I was trying to figure out, and maybe you have an answer for this, why would the spirit stay with the body? Is it because oh. that they don't know that they're dead or is something wrong? I mean, why would that happen? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and yes, I have been to so many haunted houses as well, especially hotels. So I totally know what you're talking about. The thing is that some spirits, once they leave the physical body or once their physical body is, has become useless, they are very much confused. And because they don't know there's a spiritual world, they, they don't really know what to, how to handle the situation. And, I mean, the, the gateway to the spiritual world is only open for a, a, a limited period of time. So when they sort of miss that, they they are stuck on the on the physical plane without a physical body, and that is a really crappy situation. It is no fun. That is one reason, but there is an, another reason which is probably more usual, and that is that many uh, people who pass over or they 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 their use their physical body is useless, and but they are so bound to, for instance, alcohol or tobacco or or drugs, that they don't want to lose the contact with these physical substances that they have become totally addicted to. So they hang around on the physical plane without a physical body, and they will typically hang around in, in cheap bars on the, uh, <laughs> at the, at the, um, in ports or harbors, or, or they, they will, if they... <clears throat> Let's say they, they hang around in a, in a bar, and I have seen this, and I have felt this. Then they are waiting for somebody to, to drink so much that they can usurp the physical body. Because we have probably all noticed that some of our friends, we, if we were partying and the, the, the drinking got heavy, that suddenly they, they totally changed, changed, changed character or personality. And that's because they have been possessed by one of these uh, bodiless spirits who now, via this possession, can have access to the alcohol or the substance that they were accustomed to or addicted to. <clears throat> and then they will pull out again as soon as the body becomes so drunk that it, it collapses on the floor. <clears throat> so it, this is absolutely not unusual. And um, also there are many uh, spirits who are afraid because they 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 were they thought that they when they, when they died that would be it it would be like turning off the television and and nothing, but then they realize that they are dead, and there is something more, and they are very much afraid about what's going to happen, what is on the other side, what is it, what is awaiting me, and was I good? And then they will be, begin to 
imagine all sorts of things and maybe if they had heard about hell they would think they would go there so they stay on the physical plane out of out of fear and um, and ignorance really about what the spiritual world is so what happens then to somebody that doesn't cross over like you said that and they're stuck here is there a way of helping something like that it's 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 a good question also because the thing is that they will often try to get your attention like you said you were in a cemetery and they were it was haunted and what they really want is help they need really need help to make the passage and that is probably why they are making themselves seen or heard or felt that is because they are trying to catch our attention so that we can interfere and help them and um, I have we had a, we had a, a ghost in in our in our bedroom <laughs> in the flat we had, and it was really really annoying. And um, I I made it go away by simply praying for it, praying that it would be fetched by its uh, by its spirit guides by its guardian angels, and simply intervening as with prayer in their behalf. That would normally do it. If, if that doesn't do it, you would probably have to get somebody in who is more specialized in this kind of thing, which, of course, there are people who are. So, uh, but it, it's, a, it's a hard thing for the, to help them all because there are many of them and they are certainly very, very unhappy. They are very unhappy. It sounds like it. I mean, I've seen, I've seen interactions and sometimes it gets downright violent. You know, to get your attention, yeah, and sometimes I, I see. I, I don't technically believe that a that a spirit will be able to kill a human being, no, but I do know that they will cause you enough grief that you would wish you were dead. <laughs> so, yeah, they can certainly cause you a lot of annoyance and and be a real pain in the ass, and of course they can um, make you afraid and uh, and all and all that kind of thing. They can't kill you because they they don't have any physical instruments to kill you with. But um, and if, in cases that you, if you are in a situation where you feel that there is one of these spirits, it's very important for for you to pray for your own safety and for your own protection, because it really helps. A lot of people think that praying doesn't help, but it really does help, especially in situations like that when you are in danger. <clears throat> And as I said, you can interfere on their behalf through prayer and really help them. So that is what I would suggest. And, you know, I've always been very fascinated with the ability to see, like, things that have happened in the past, you know, the, like the past life regressions and stuff like that. But I also mm. kind of wonder why we don't, if we if we do come back and we are reincarnated, why don't we have any of those memories? Why isn't that, you know, superficial for us to see and use and grow from? Yeah, that is also a good question. <laughs> the thing is that we are not supposed to remember our past lives because we already we have so many past lives that that, that um, memory would be very confusing for our life this time around. But having said that, it's also a fact that many children between around the age of three, if you ask any child around the age of three, who were you when you were big, they still remember <clears throat> and uh, they will tell you all sorts of interesting things. And I, I mean, there's if the, there are really a lot of examples of this uh, moving around on the internet, and it's really interesting that they will say, "Well, I was this and that," and they have a knowledge that does obviously not pertain to this physical life. So, so that is one thing. But another important thing, I think, is to say that. Even though you cannot actively remember your your former lives, you have the your former lives with you in everything you are, the person you are, the the personality you have, the tendencies, the habits, the um, the things you believe, the your level of intelligence, your your everything is a result of those former lives. So. Everything you are today is a result of all the experiences that you have had in your former life. So your former lives are really with you all the time in the shape of the person you have become. You know, I have a quick story because I don't want to. Uh, we, we're going to be running out of time really quick, and I want to be able to get into your books and how you can get them. But when I was when I was young, I had this dream, probably at the age of maybe four or five, of being buried in a casket, and I knew exactly what it smelled like, what it felt like. 
And it terrorized me for the longest yeah, time. Exactly. People kept saying, how would you have known what that is? Half the kids don't even know that they die. So, exactly. you know, how did, how did you know what that was all about? And that was just something that always stuck and was very, you know, vivid inside of my memories and still is. I can still see that and I can still yeah. feel that. But it doesn't scare That is me as typically much. a past life uh, memory. If when you were a child, you would be able to remember. So... So, yes, I, I don't doubt it. I'm sure that that is something that you have experienced somehow in a former life. And it wasn't very pleasant, I, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely wasn't. If, I can, if, if, no. these, if these memories do are, are real, then, oh, my gosh, yeah, it was not pleasant. So tell yeah. me a little bit about your, your books, and you got a series of them. Because, um, obviously, we could talk about this for a long time, and we would never oh, be able absolutely. to get in in one hour in, in about 20 minutes here. So if somebody wants <laughs> to find out more about you, where can they find out your, about your books, and can they talk to you one-on-one -on -one if, if they have questions? Yes. I mean, they can go to my website, newspiritualscience.com, and they can um, contact me there. They can subscribe to my to my uh, newsletter, they can also send me an, an email or, or send me a message and ask me stuff. And on my website there, you can see all my books. You can see um, a little bit about who Martinez was. And um, I have a lot of free stuff. I have free videos, audios, uh, articles, and uh, <clears throat> free chapters from my books so, so that you can download. So there's a lot, and I have a blog with more than 40 articles. So there's a lot of material on, on my website, newspiritualscience.com, where you can dig into this and become more knowledgeable about what is the Martinez material. Um, it, it, is, um, it is something that appeals to our intellect. It is not a new religion, and it is not a, a, an object of faith. It is something that explains the world both the physical and the spiritual plane, in a completely logical and intelligent way. Well, Elsie, this has been so fascinating. I would love to be able to get you back on in the future here to talk about more of this stuff for, for yeah. my guests and, and my own, my own uh, curiosity as well. Um, but unfortunately, we ran out of time. So thank you for coming on and sharing your experiences here and sharing your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wish you all the best, and hopefully you'll continue to write more and uh, open up people's eyes to what could be out there. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. I promise we got more when we come back, so don't go anywhere. Do you love horror? The strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Paulina Laguti. I'm the creator of Mail Order Monster, releasing November 6th on demand. Hi, this is Crystal Hunt from Guiding Light, One Life to Live, maybe a little Magic Mike Double XL, and currently Hilton Head Island on PureFlix.com. And you're listening to AME Radio. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We have on the line with us our special guest for today. And we've actually, she is a repeat guest, so we're really excited to be able to talk to her. Again, her name is Megan Friedels Johnson, and the last time we talked to her, she had just released her new film called The Ice Cream Truck, and now she's doing a brand new um, a, a movie that's going to be called Hunting Season coming out here soon, and she's got a lot to talk about. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So it's nice to be able to get you back on. That means you're doing some new cool things, and I like that. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I, um, 
you know, with the success of the ice cream truck, it's allowed me to kind of continue my work as a female in the horror genre and, uh, you know, really get out there and support women in film as well. It's a great time to be a female filmmaker. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the ice cream truck. Uh, how did it do? Because I know we, last time we talked, it was not, it wasn't released yet. Um, how, what was some of the feedback? How did, how did that work for you? Um, it's doing great. You know, it has a um, pretty strong following. I think uh, it's it's definitely a little bit polarizing, which all of my favorite artistic uh, films tend to be, and most of my favorite horror films tend to be. Um, so I think you're doing something right when people are really passionate about it one way or the other. And, um, yeah, you know, it's on VOD right now, and it's on... Um, Amazon Prime and Hulu, so you can actually watch it now for free. And yeah, we're we're all very excited about it that it's doing so well, and it's got a lot of critical acclaim, so that's always great. Now, seeing how this has gone, a lot like you said, this is you know the ice cream truck allowed you to to start working on new things, which is really cool. What did you learn from the from the ice cream truck that you want to improve on going into maybe this next movie called The Hunting Season? Um, you know, I think you learn something with every film that you make, you know, no, no filmmaker is perfect and you really have to hone your craft with every film that you do. Um, I, I think I, I learned what my style is as a filmmaker and I learned that I have a specific voice, you know, because prior to the ice cream truck, I only had one film out there called Rebound, which Mm. is also available on Amazon Prime. So once you get a couple films out there, you can compare your two films and see what the similarities are. And I think um, I definitely am interested in female stories and the female mind. And um, so I'm excited to be able to continue on that journey. But, you know, you always learn different things. You learn artistic things about being a filmmaker, what you would do differently, what you like uh, that you did. I mean, it's always tough when you're on a budget and working in the indie film space, but, you know, I think you just, you keep getting stronger the the more you do it. You know, practice makes perfect. That's true. And it's nice that you're able to see growth because I think that's always important for artists. You know, if we keep staying with the way that we are and we don't grow, it get, it becomes stale. And we sometimes, right. you know, it's important for us to be able to see that, and I'm glad you're able to see that. Um now, you, uh, with women in horror, uh, you know, what I love about women in horror films is the screams. Uh, that I think that is one of the best. Uh, they, they're able to carry that, that, that scream that just like, can send mm-hmm. chills down your back. What are some of the other things that are important for women in horror, in horror movies to, that, you know, maybe they're, they're getting used to it now. Maybe it's something that hasn't been explored with before with other uh, uh, horror films. I think that in the, you know, there was a a stint of time in the past where women were, you know, more eye candy and less real people, even though, you know, you always hear the, the term final girl and you, you know, as it's typically a woman who outlives everybody and gets through it. A lot of times they didn't really have a complex character arc. And I think that now stories are being told about women in the horror genre that are are more complex about women and different ages and races and just different life experiences. And so I think that's really fun to see that it's not just about an attractive, you know, woman, young woman in a tank top, dirty and running around, (laughs) you know, that there's more... There's more to get into. The Babadook is a good example because it's about the stresses of motherhood, um, you know, and there are just a bunch of, or MFA is a good one. It talks about um, sexual abuse. And so there's just real life subjects that are being covered, um, which is, I think, great. You know, I kind of got into something this year, which I really didn't think about too much with, with the horror films. And it's not necessarily the slasher films or where these ghosts come in and rip everybody up or these, you know, uh, mythological uh, figures, but it's the intellectual horror films that Uh scare you to death, 
by using your mind, and I think that's yeah. phenomenal. Have you have you thought about incorporating any of that into some of your your uh, films as they come forward? I mean, I think there is some of that in my films already. Okay. You know, the ice cream truck has a lot of subtext about uh, what it's like to be a woman and struggling with, you know, coming to terms with getting older, which is really something that both sexes can relate to, but I think there's more pressure put on your physical appearance when you're a woman mm -hmm. than there is as a, a man. But, yeah, I think I think it's great. I think there's so many films that are coming out like that, that, you know, or there's a French movie called Raw, which is a coming-of-age film that's about a, a female cannibal, but it's really about what it's like to grow up and just finding yourself. So I think what female filmmakers are able to do with the subtext is really kind of outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, as far as, as horror films in general, what are some of the, the elements that you think need to be there in order to make it either scary or a thriller or something else? The elements that need to be there. Mm -hmm. um, I think you always want to do what's unexpected, and I think if if you go too by the numbers, I think it's not going to be scary for people because people have seen it already and they know what to expect. So I think it's always nice to do what's surprising, and you know try to avoid typical narrative conventions because then people are going to be pleasantly surprised that you go down a road that they didn't expect. So, you know, just keeping it original is usually really important. Now, when you were growing up, did you enjoy watching horror films? Absolutely. Yeah, I loved horror films. I, I think the types of films that I liked has changed throughout the years, um, but I definitely remember watching a lot of slasher films growing up and I was very affected by Poltergeist. Poltergeist mm. terrified me probably more than any horror film growing up to the point where I had to be taught elements of movie making by my father in order for me to not have nightmares because to be able to separate um, to be able to understand how it's made kind of revealed the man behind the curtain for me, and so that was really effective and also piqued my curiosity about filmmaking. Mm -hmm. What were some of your favorites growing up other than Poltergeist? I loved the Friday the 13th and Halloween films growing up for sure. Um, those were favorites. And I watched a lot of Alfred Hitchcock as I, you know, got a little older in mm -hmm. my childhood. Um, but all of, all of the 80s films because I grew up in the 80s, were, you know, pretty important to me. Yeah. You know, I think that one of the ones that, that was the most profound to me, it was a Vincent Price one called The Fly. And that oh, thing... Oh, really? I oh, yeah. I don't know why, but that thing horrified me. And yeah. it was just so well done. I mean, the graphics and everything else, even back in the day, um, it, just, it was just a really well-done film, and I, that's kind of what got me sparked into doing horror movies. After that, I realized I desensitized myself to it, so it didn't bother me anymore. Um, but then the other, the other one that really touched base with me was The uh, Haunting in Connecticut, because it was based upon a real story. Mm. And I actually mm -hmm. lived three blocks away from that house, and I used to go by that house every morning and deliver newspapers to it. And I didn't know it was haunted at the time because it, really, wow. it didn't come out, but it made headline news and everything else. So when I saw this thing on TV and on the and on the the the, uh, the film, I was like, wow! You know, it brought back all of those memories of the things I used to see in the newspapers when I delivered it. So it really made it it really hit home for me, and I think that's what made it so scary. Even though technically it really wasn't, a, if you watch it now, it's kind of it's not, you know, it doesn't have that huge like uh, freak out factor. As a, as a normal horror movie would, but because I lived it and I was there, you know, a couple yeah. blocks away, and I went to the same uh, hospital because I broke my arm that summer with her son, it just it, it it's just like it puts it all into a different perspective. Wow, yeah, that would terrify me too if I had something <laughs> like that, you know, where I, I lived. Yeah, I mean, I I think for me, you know, I watched horror when I was younger. Um, 
my dad was really into movies. And then it just kind of grew from there. You know, I started to watch more and more as I got older and, and really kind of continue my education. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still discovering films that I hadn't seen. So that's really fun. There's so many films in the genre. Yes, there are. And there's so many things that you could see. And it, it, it's amazing what they were even able to do with the with these movies, even like with King Kong and stuff like that, back in the 1920s and 30s and stuff, it just, it blows me away that they were able to do it with what they were able to do with, with film, let alone digital, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it's yeah. masterfully done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun genre to work in because you can put ordinary people in extraordinary situations and figure out, you know, using your own, um, thought process of how would you get out of something like that and what would you do Mm -hmm. and that's a really fun place to explore absolutely so tell me a little bit about your new upcoming movie here that you have coming out that you're 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 working on well we have we actually we haven't shot it yet we're definitely in pre-production we're shooting early next year and it's called hunting season and it will star um, Jamie Lynn Siegler and Deanna Russo from my last film. Mm-hmm. And I guess we would call it Get Out Meet Psycho. And it's, you know, the villains are kind of rich, white, um, entitled uh, trophy hunters who take their extracurricular activity a little too far. And it's about uh, a woman who goes away with her new boyfriend and who looks great on paper and you know things don't go as planned and so her roommate um kind of catches on and you know the two of them kind of have to figure out how to get out of it and it's a really fun kind of cat and mouse horror film it's definitely more action-packed and scarier than my previous film so it'll be nice to really make something that i think the horror community will like did you write this one yourself yes i write almost everything that i do so and i've written things for other directors to do as well so it's it's nice to be able to write and direct now how much different is this one from the other one that you wrote with the uh, ice cream truck? Is it is it a polar different polar opposites of it yeah, or will it have some a, things? It's a lot. I I mean I think there are things that are similar in my style in the sense of um tension and building an atmosphere which will always be kind of in what I do, but this one has more more violence and more cat and mouse and more running around and um, it's a little bit more of a straight horror thriller, whereas I would say The Ice Cream Truck is a little bit more of an artistic horror film. And what are you most excited about uh, the planning so far of this particular movie? What's been going right, and uh, what do you think is going to be uh, one of the one of the, the things that are just going to make it that much more special when you get into actually uh, record it? Well, I'm excited that it's going to be a bigger budget, <laughs> so <laughs> that will allow for less limitations. Um, I love the cast. There's a really great cast for this film. We're already building a pretty strong ensemble. Um, it's primarily, um, it's only a few locations. I guess my last film was as well, but I'm really excited to get more into weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I haven't really had to do with my previous films, and I, I feel, you know, I've tackled directing at this point and so now I can have the freedom to try more things and and do more difficult things um, with stunts and weapons so I'm excited to be able to get into that and working with some of the cast from from your previous film here what's that going to help help you with going into this new film do you think it's going to make it easier since you've already worked with them you know them a little bit and they kind of know your style yeah, and and that's the same with a lot of the crew too. A lot of like my cinematographer will be the same, the editor will be the same. Um I I like to work with a lot of the same people. I think it just makes the train move smooth smoothly and you have less hiccups. You develop a shorthand, people get your style. So that's always just really great. Mhm. So, what do you uh, Outside of this, do you have anything else that you're currently in the works with, or are you, is it, are you just going to be focusing on this for now? 
I'm shooting this um, early next year, and then I'm um, developing a memoir, which is actually not horror, um, that I will not direct. So I'm, I have a writing project. And then I have another horror farce that I hope to do right after hunting season called Payback's a Bitch. So hopefully I'll be able to make those back-to-back. Well, I definitely cannot wait to see this movie coming out because I, lo- I love I love horror movies and I love I love the people that are independent and are able to do it themselves because I think they they can they're not restrained to what the uh, the studios have in mind for it and I think you can be right. a lot more creative and the people are, are just so much more fun to, to watch too sometimes because it, you know th- you don't have the strain of the studio again so you know you can yeah. be a lot more creative so um, what when do you think when do you think you're going to start the production on the hunt, the hunter? Um, well, the for hunting season, we're we're waiting to see. We should probably know. I would think in the next coming weeks, and we'll have an announcement in January. Okay. So um, Hollywood kind of shuts down at this point. <laughs> yes. So there's not a ton um, to be done. Uh, the entertainment industry, I feel, works pretty hard, and that they definitely love to take time off over the holidays mm-hmm. so hopefully we'll know soon and um people can keep you know anyone who follows me on social media will get updates as as things come along and as far as 2019 i mean we're only just a couple of you know weeks away i can't even believe it what are some of i the, know what are some of your goals coming up for 2018 what are you what are some of the things you want to accomplish in, in next year well i hope to make at least one movie and um I have, I'm trying to write more. You know, I'm a mother of two kids, and it's hard to juggle, you know, this kind of work and, and being a good parent. So I'm trying to really schedule myself better so that I can fit more writing in. Because I do think, you know, and as I said, practice makes perfect. I, I think I've become stronger as a writer as my career has gone on, which I'm sure every writer does. Um, so I'm trying to just book more time for that. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's the end of 2019, and it's a good time to reflect and kind of see what, where you've come and where you're going and everything else. What are some of the things that you're most thankful for that you've uh, accomplished this year or just people in your life or whatever it may be? What have I accomplished? No, what are you most, what, what are you most thankful for, whether it be people in your life or experiences what what are some of the things that have uh i have yeah i have a lot of gratitude i'm i'm thrilled that i'm able to do what i love and that i have people around me that support me and um you know i've got a great family so i i have nothing but gratitude so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm very appreciative well, I am glad you were able to come on here and spend some more time with us, and we're running out of time, yeah. so please tell everybody how they can find out more about you, um, it, maybe see some of the movies that you've already done with the ice cream truck, and see maybe some of the, some insights of the new movie that you've got coming out. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm the most active on Instagram of all the social medias, um, and I, I'm Megan Freels Johnston on Instagram. I'm number one Megan on Twitter, but I don't really use it that much. And you can find my film, The Ice Cream Truck, on Amazon Prime. And my film, Rebound, is also on Amazon Prime as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is so much fun. I'm so glad you're able to do this because, you know, uh, if, like I said before, coming on, again, means you're doing more cool things and, and you know, showing yeah. more of your of your talents and your arts that people can enjoy. And um, we love to be able to get that out there. So, you know, thank, thanks again for doing what you do and entertaining us and getting out your creativity. And, and we look forward to maybe getting with you back in 2019 here with some more stuff that you'll have coming out. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Okay. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have more, so don't go anywhere. Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy, that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop at Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career, having his work at Disney. 
Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Hey y'all, you're listening to Tequila Cowgirl off my new album, Tequila Cowgirl. My name is Cherish Lee. I'm looking forward to having you hear the new album. We're going to go ahead and release it January 2018. There are seven tracks on it, and it's a window looking into uh, Cherish Lee. So I hope y'all enjoy it. Thank you for being a part of this with me. I couldn't do it without you. Tequila Cowgirl. Hi, it's Maurice Bernard. You're listening to the AME Radio Show. zippity doo da zippity yay! Why oh my, what a wonderful day! You know what? I can't, I cannot express how, how amazing those exact words are. And if we sit there and really think about our life, we can make it like that every single solitary day. You know, we have we have ups and downs, we have bumps that we run into, but it's what you make out of it that comes from it. You know, I've been in some situations where I was, I, I didn't know why I was in it, and I, I didn't understand why I had to suffer, but in the end, it all worked out. And I learned such amazing things along the way. That's what you can do with whatever is thrown in your thrown in your direction. And that's kind of the theme for this particular show. The reason why I wanted to kind of go back over some of the the you know amazing things that happened this year on the AME radio show is because it makes you it makes you realize what you have and that you should be thankful for that. You're not going to get any. You're not going to grow and and benefit and get more more. Uh, things good things happening to you if you're not appreciative of what you have it's always good to stop for a few minutes look around and see the blessings that are that have been given to you when you see those blessings you grow you don't take things for for granted you know sometimes we take people for granted sometimes we take things for granted sometimes we take situations for granted and then when they're gone we freak out so those those things that happen to me here Show me how blessed I actually am and how much fun I have coming on here every single solitary week talking to some amazing people that not only inspire me, but I hope they inspire you. And we can talk about things that can help benefit our lives. You know, I really believe that is what we need to do into 2018. Not only help ourselves, but help others too as much as we can. We don't ever want to overdo by giving away all that we have because then we don't have anything left and we're no good to anybody else. It's moderation. And like I've learned really hard this year, you have to have a balance in your life. You have to have balance your work, your home, and your personal. And when you do all of that, believe it or not, everything works better. It's not easy to do. I know that because I've been working at it. But it will happen for you in the end. So that's what we're going to kick off 2019 with. I am so excited. I cannot wait to see what this year is going to bring for not only me, but you as well. And again, we love to hear your conversations. We want to hear your topics. We want to hear your questions. If you have questions for me or anything else, send them on Twitter. Send them on email. We want to hear you. And if you are a rising star or you're just somebody that has been established in the art world and you want to get on here, I would love to be able to help you know, expose the world to your talents and your art. So just con- contact us through social media or our website. Again, that's www.theamemagazine.com. That's all I have for you guys today. Uh, we will be back again next week. We are on every Friday and Saturday, and here is where you can hear us. AMFM247.com, and there are 11 AMFM stations across the United States every Friday at 10 p.m. and every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find us on WKLAP.com every Friday at 11 a.m. and every Saturday at 7 p.m. Radio Love, that's RadioLUV.com, every Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
You can also find us on iHeart, iTunes, and Spotify On Demand. You can also find us on phoenixbroadcasting.com. All these places we're extremely happy to be with, and we're going to continue to grow in 2019. All right, guys. See you next week. Keep those creative juices flowing. Good night, everybody. That's the end. We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.